And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Civilized Barking Podcast. Zach Jackson, Jason Lloyd in the Indiana Convention Center. Uh, I don't know what day it is at the Combine, but it's going on. Um, There's a lot of activity. Jason, we're about two uh, two weeks from today is the official start of the league year, so we're 12 days away from when stuff starts happening. If there's a trade, we'll see. Um, We heard from Andrew Barry yesterday. He didn't say anything by design. We had no problems doing this now because we hear from Kevin Stefanski in two hours, and we know he's not going to say anything. So (laughs) um, this is where the Browns are. They're trying to get back to the playoffs. They have a good roster. They have some pretty major issues to fix, and this is a big month. This is a big time. Yeah, yesterday was the first time where I actually believed Andrew Barry that Baker Mayfield's going to be the starter next year. Like, I finally said, okay, like, they mean this. And, you know, it was interesting. In, in talking to some people just around here yesterday and this morning, the wide belief that I have found is that the feeling is two guys are going to get traded this 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 offseason – Jimmy G and Deshaun Watson, and that's it. Everybody else is going to stay status quo. It means Kirk Cousins is going back to Minnesota. Even means, I guess, Carson Wentz is going back to Indianapolis, which is a little surprising. Doesn't sound right. But that's the two names that keep coming up, as those are the only two guys that are going to get moved. And I don't get the impression the Browns are high on Jimmy G, and there's just too much uncertainty around Watson's legal case, and the league hasn't given guidance to anyone in terms of what type of suspension will be coming. So it makes it very difficult. You're kind of shooting in the dark. You don't know what you're, what you're getting. Yeah. So for those reasons, I, I believe them. It's going to be Baker. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if they draft a quarterback this year. I'm not saying in the first round, but I wouldn't surprise me at all. If they draft a quarterback at some point in this draft, look at free agent options, whatever else. Uh, but I, I I didn't believe it until yesterday. Now I believe it. Baker's Baker's the guy. Okay, so we're on the outside, obviously, and we're still two weeks. And then in the months after, a lot can happen. Yep. But if we're working from that theory, then the Browns are going into the season saying we can't win the Super Bowl, <laughs> and we know we're signing up for this. Everything that comes with with Baker. Yeah. Right. The the Browns don't say anything. He leaks details of his injury. Yeah. Right. His wife's on social media. There's players that are concerned that they – I mean, we just know. He, he, he can't win the Super Bowl. Yeah. So. <laughs> the, the feeling that I get is they feel like he will be better. Obviously, the injury infected him at, to some level. And I've – No doubt. I've screamed louder than everyone. We've made way too much – way too big of a deal over this injury. Spent way too much time talking about it. But, you know, of course it did impact him in, on some level. And they feel like a healthy baker makes a lot of this go away. Whether or not that's true or not. We'll find out. I tend to be skeptical of that. The numbers bear it out long before the injury that he's not he's not elite. I think we all know that. I think they probably know that. Right. And they just feel like if they build a system around him, they can drop him in, and they have no better options right now. Right. And, and that's kind of always been what we've been faced with, yeah. right? And 
to say to you and not to you, Jason, to you, the listener, you might disagree with what I said. You might think I'm a dick, whatever. Um, we've, we've been down this road. <laughs> the Browns have not extended him. Right. Because they know that he's not good enough. Right. Now, they're aware that options are few. Right. Um, they're aware that everything has to be perfect, which it was for a chunk of 2020. Yep. And he succeeded. And they think that in the middle or close to that, that he can help them get back to the playoffs. When there is no precedent for a guy playing a fifth year on the option and it and staying. And part of that reason is teams know. Yeah. <laughs> if it gets to that point. <laughs> right. Right. So Which is why I think they're gonna draft a quarterback this year. Yeah. And and that brings you to who the hell are you gonna take? Yeah, I don't know. This is not a great year to be looking sure. for a quarterback I, I, in the I mean, rounds. Look, let's just say the Browns defense finished the season really strong mm-hmm. and and because of the Malik McDowell thing and because I understand the hesitance of wanting to pay Clowney 12 million a yeah. year um, there's some questions there and, and the Browns have invested well in the offensive line and those guys are getting older and obviously the Conklin situation with a major injury and one year left is not ideal but the rest of the offense I mean the run game is great mm-hmm. but there are no answers at wide receiver yep. the tight end you're probably paying one guy to leave and paying one guy who's never done anything yeah. To stay in David Njoku. Yeah. And you don't know who the quarterback is. So you're either going to run the wishbone. <laughs> Might have to. Run the veer. <laughs> or you're going to be in third place again. Boy. Uh, well, let's put quarter, put a pin in the quarterback thing for now because we're just chasing our own tail on that. Receivers spoke this morning at the Combine. You, you, you got up early enough to listen to them. I did not. Uh, I guess start with... What's a bigger need in your mind on this team right now, defensive line or receiver? Uh, probably receiver because on the defensive line, you you have Miles and you have some guys that could play. But in your pass rush group, you have Miles and you have no one else. Tack McKinley was really good last year in what he was signed to be. Mm-hmm. But he was a one-year deal and he got hurt in like week 12. So yep. he's, he's, he's out. Yep. So you have this question with Clowney. And one of them is, you know, if you can't win the Super Bowl, why would you pay 29-year-old Jadavian Clowney $12 million? At defensive tackle, you have some young guys. Are they starters? They're certainly not stars. Are they starters? We don't know because they've been in the league a combined 40 games, yeah. right? Jordan Elliott and, and Togi. He's, Togi is not a star. He's a smaller guy. You hope he can be a rotational guy. So, But when you look at the fact that Jarvis Landry is probably not going to be on the team, yeah, that leaves two wide receivers, Donovan Peoples-Jones, a talented, super young guy who's been inconsistent, and Anthony Schwartz, who was always a developmental project but didn't really show you much. No. Um, I probably answer receiver, but I mean, these are both, these are crying out yeah. <laughs> needs. And, and I mean, when you look at receiver, there's what, four or five guys that jump off the, the board who could really help this team, who probably fit a pressing need, yeah. who are going to be available. But I, I should have said this the first time. It's a lot easier to find a wide receiver later than it is to find a top pass that, rusher. Yeah. It's a lot easier to stock your wide receiver room in different ways than it is to build the defensive line that you want right. to play in the AFC North. Right. So who stood out among the guys that you spoke to this morning? Who did you like? Um, I specifically signed up to – we all do a – there's a transcription system here, yep. so we say – so I specifically signed up for Drake London, the USC receiver. He's yep. a big guy. He was a college basketball player and a football – he's a legit 6'3", 6'4", um, big-time skills now. Is he going to run, get down the field? I don't know. But in USC's bad offense, they were throwing the ball to him 15 times a game, and he was catching them 12. Like, everybody in the stadium knew it was coming. Yeah. 
fits the mold, right? He's going to, even if he doesn't run great, he's going to test well athletically. There's video of him jumping over people on the basketball court and the football field. Smart guy, impressive guy. Um, we all know in Ohio Garrett Wilson, mm-hmm. and I don't think there's any chance he's there at 13. Uh, just the things I hear in the hallways here. Yeah. Um, Garrett Wilson's better than you even thought saw on TV. Garrett yeah. Wilson's a dream prospect and kid, and he's going to be more athletic than you think, and he's going to knock out the interviews and do all those things. From Lake Travis High School, Baker's High School. Yes. I mean, when you hear people say he's Justin Jefferson, that's some pretty lofty company. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. And and here's the thing. We saw a 21-year-old receiver, well, we've seen it the last two years in Jefferson and Chase, come in and change offenses. Chase to a greater extent, obviously, because they went to the Super Bowl. Right. Right? Can that happen in Cleveland? Can that happen in Kevin Stefanski's offense? Is that the goal? I don't know. I, I mean, barring a quarterback trade, saying the Browns pick at 13 and 44 or thereabouts, before free agency is obviously the caveat here. But I am almost certain – that they will, and what I would do is pick a defensive lineman first and a wide receiver second. So one thing that I heard yesterday, just sort of wandering around the podiums, that kind of struck me, I heard a couple different guys. I think Trent Balky was talking about this. Somebody, one of the other guys, was saying, it's so hard in the NFL to go 12, 13, 14 play drives, to establish long drives, that you need guys who can turn a seven-yard dig into an 80-yard touchdown. And I thought, Browns don't have that guy. And I told you that yesterday, like, well, they did, and he quit halfway through the year. <laughs> and it just and, – and that's, like, as hard as we've been on Baker. That's not a Baker issue. That's a that's a receiver issue. That's a talent at the receiver issue. They don't – I mean, Njoku one time in, in against the Chargers yeah. took a routine play and, and scored off it, made it a big play and scored. But they don't have that. That was a $6.9 million touchdown. Yeah, right? Right. So they don't have that guy who can fear def- – who defenses fear – and who can turn a seven-yard dig into an 80-yard touchdown. Sure. And so that's the appeal. That's why you would say, well, of course we want a Garrett Wilson. Of course we want a Traylon Burks, who's yep. 6'3". And, and Debo Samuel's the comparison being through. Dane Brugel was sitting here a second ago. He's our draft guru. He does an excellent job. He said, Traylon Burks is a linebacker-sized Debo Samuel. So, wow. okay, everybody wants, especially off the year Debo yeah. just had, right? Yeah. Um, I think more in the Drake London, the David Bell from Purdue, those type of guys are probably more – but in this Browns offense, like they're not necessarily going to throw it to the outside guy yeah. in in twenty yard that. increments. We've seen Jar- right? Jarvis's numbers have gone down every year. Yeah, I mean, Jason, I is I was trying to make something of Barry's non comments yesterday. I pretty much wrote in my story like they're going to add multiple receivers and multiple defensive linemen, and that starts on Monday, March fourteenth, yeah. right? Um, and I think they're at the point where draft and free agency are intertwined, right? They're still going to draft. You're still going to add the 21-year-old guy to the mix of, of whomever it is, right? But like, they need multiple guys at every spot, and a complete remake of the passing game should not be out of the question by any means. What did you make of his comment? And he said it before that we view every year as an expansion year, and it's a clean slate, basically. And, and what do you make of it when he, when, when he says that? Um, I think he's telling the truth to, to a large extent. I think he's saying we challenge our scouts and everyone to think – to never think that we're good enough, yeah. right? And if there is a really good player that we can get at any position that can help us. And, I mean, look, why do we say the Browns are good? Because we know the foundation of the offensive line and the running backs gives them something that can help them put games away and help them establish what they want to do. We know Miles is a special cat, right? Yep. They think in Ward and Newsom they have two really special corners. They, they're probably right, right? So you're looking for those guys. So you're looking – 
I think I think that's the question here, both in terms of are we going to spend big on a free agent or what thirteen or forty four. We're looking, regardless of position, we're looking for guys that can make us different. Um, they they've done. You can never have enough corners or pass rushers. They have a good corner room, even though that's always fragile, right? They don't have a good enough pass rush room, and they certainly don't have a good enough receiver group. Is there? You you, you said, and obviously I agree with you. It's easier to find receivers later than it is edge rushers. So if they go receiver at 13, is there someone at 44? I know it's a loaded question. You have no idea who the first 43 picks are going to be. Yeah. But the way that this is falling, is there? do you think that there's going to be talent there at 44, or do you have to fire that bullet at 13 regardless of what receivers are on the board? Um, I think that it's a really strong receiver group, like even through the first three rounds. And defensively, it seems like the edge rush group is way better than the defensive tackle group. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's good options at 44 in both spots. Okay. Yeah, I, I really do. But here's, if you do bring back Clowney, you know, he's a starter, you know what he can do. You know, that probably gives you a little more leeway to wait and draft a developmental guy. Yeah. Right. This is Dominique Robinson from Miami of Ohio. Who's played 15 games of defense his whole life. Yeah. Right. Like he's a big freak. The Browns value that stuff. Yep. If he's a year away. You're able to do that, right? The Sanders kid from Cincinnati is, needs to put on weight before he dominates in the NFL. He's really gifted. He's probably a second, late second, third round pick. You know, yeah. I think you're thinking things in that way. But like I said, b- barring something crazy, I, I don't think the Browns' thinking changes. I think they go into looking for trades, looking at free agents, and looking at the first two draft picks as we have to address the pass game and the defensive line before anything else. I just thought of this. We haven't done one of these. At least I haven't sat in with you on one of these in a while. I wanted to get your impressions on Jarvis's recent tweet flurry and what you made of what everything he said on Twitter. Well, uh, I mean, outside of the fact that he couldn't do media because he was rehabbing. Yeah, right? Come on. No, um, I thought it was Jarvis trying to say, okay, um, it's time for me to speak up, right? I felt like that the fact that it happened at 8 a.m. on a Tuesday probably wasn't an accident, right? Jarvis probably wasn't eating his Wheaties, reading The Athletic about the calves, right, (laughs) and decided to fire it off. I'm going to believe that there was some conversation between Jarvis's representatives and the Browns, and Jarvis said, okay, I'm going to get my public side out here and tell these people who have loved him rightfully so who he busted his ass for i'm going to get this out right so i don't think it was accident i think it was purposeful i guess is a a clearer way to say it i think it was probably intentional um which fits that and i think he was probably saying look i know we've always known i'm not going to come back and play for 15 here's why we're here and here's me saying i would have loved to but like this is just a question if the Browns were offering eight and some other teams offering him seven, why wouldn't he leave? Yeah, he he was not he, he did not choose to come here. He was no. traded here, right? And they gave him the money that he wanted. Uh, but I, I was asked that. I think I did a radio hit, and somebody asked me what I made of it, and I said it, it, that strikes me as someone who knows who knows he's not going to get that money and is not interested in renegotiating to the terms that the Browns want, and realizes mm-hmm. that he's not on paper. He's getting fifteen million, but yeah. he's not because no other team's going to pay him that either, and it's not all his fault. You know, he was hurt last year, and he had a terrible quarterback thrown to him. And like I said, his numbers have been declining the last few years. But I don't think that's necessarily him declining. I think it's a system no, that he's in. The, the numbers cratered last year for obvious reasons. Sure, he had never missed a game for injury until last year. Yeah, so he's twenty nine, and there's some old twenty nine year olds. Yeah. He's caught a lot of balls. He's played a lot of games, but it's not a recurring theme, right? 
He missed one game because of the crazy COVID incident. Yeah. And then he missed games last year when he was hurt and he got hurt worse trying to play. And I give him credit. Like, I have a ton of respect for him. He played his ass off. He never quit. He fought through to the bitter end. Week 17, he was still out there fighting and playing his ass off on a team that wasn't going anywhere. And I give him a ton of credit for that. Yeah. Don't think he'll be back and wish him all the best going forward and hope he gets somewhat close to the money that it, on paper he's supposed to get this it year. It might not, not be until it. after the draft, but if he walks, which seems the likely scenario here, yeah. um, he will. He'll get $7 million with a chance to, you know, because some team will say, hey, if if you really last year was an aberration. I mean, what do we remember him for? Up on the podium when after getting traded saying, I'm ready to take this challenge on, yep. right? Um, in hard knocks. The, the famous scene, yep. the the best throws ever made in that stadium against Carolina from Baker to him, yep. <laughs> right? Yep. And just consistently putting up those numbers and moving the chains until this year when everything went haywire. And then for him to score that touchdown in that last game, and I know the Bengals were playing their JV players, yep. but Jarvis came out of that break and that ball was delivered on time. Yeah. <laughs> we're going back to the quarterbacks. <laughs> well, right. Um I mean, we're, yeah, we're talking about as bad of QB play in four to five games as, as you could ever if see. you could imagine. Yes. Yep. yep. And we said it last year. Nick Mullins on 20 minutes of review ran the system as well as or better than Baker did. Right. And, and certainly um, Keenum did. And the last week, and it's like the ball is going where it's supposed to be. Is he as talented as Baker? No, he's not. But the throws are on time and on target, and, and he's running the system as it was created to be run and it was obvious it was yeah. evident all right so you, we don't know here we're guessing right but let's let's go through this um jarvis we both think probably out out door yeah. not closed though i, I want to be clear yeah. i want to say 75 percent out is that yeah that's probably fair, fair to you that's probably fair um jc treader i was gonna ask you about him i'm glad yeah. you brought him up i'm gonna say 70 percent out he's going he's been a warrior and it's not going to be popular in the locker room. But the fact is, his cap number is 9-5, and they save 8 if they cut him. So who's the center? Well, they have that third-year player, Harris, who they drafted two years ago. Yeah, They have Michael Dunn, who could compete for that. Or they could go and add to to that group. Do you think Treader's role as union president sours him at all in the eyes of management? I I don't think so, but I think that's a fair question to ask. Yeah. And I, I can't really answer that with any level of authority, especially yeah. on us two years straight being not allowed in the facility right. <laughs> to ask that. Right. I think they value his leadership, his presence. There's no doubt. I mean, they, they paid those guards all that money. They're both close to Treader. He's been there. He's never missed a snap until he went on COVID last year for one game. That's incredible. And he's had some bad injuries. But the fact is, for two years, he hasn't practiced. Yeah. You know, and I don't know. Uh, I mean, it's not like he and Baker have made magic together, right? Right. So if you had a young quarterback, you might want to keep him. You have a quarterback here. I, I, I think seventy percent out. That's what I think. Because I also think he's a strong enough personality that if they say, "Okay, we want to trim this down," he'll say, "I, I think I'll just go find another job." Yeah. And, and I'm putting words in his mouth there, but that's and, what I think. And he can. He yeah. will. He'll be snatched up. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Austin Hooper, I think, is 90% out. Wow, that high. I mean, he's got 13 million, 11, 13 million. He has not lived up to his contract. No. That's for sure. That's. But when you're talking about a three tight end system, or you need three tight ends in the system, where are they going to go? Where are they well, you have to pay guys? Najoku, too. So one of them's gone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And neither one of them's been worth the money that they paid. Najoku is just mind blowing to me that. I mean, the conversations you and I were having after the draft, when they drafted Harrison Bryant of so long David Njoku, to come all the way back around to now the point of saying, you know, Njoku could be getting an extension from the Browns at, what, $12 million a year, $11 million a yeah, year? Yeah, that sounds absurd. But, I mean, I, I think you're, you're definitely above the seven range to keep him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you got... His so, agent was putting the 12 out there. Well, of course. But yeah. So you got Njoku, you got Harrison Bryant, who has not been very exciting no but he, he, he you know what he, he's an nfl player yeah. right he catches the ball he's a big body um you know he they he's done what they've asked of him basically so you think they're going back in the free agent market for another tight end well here's the thing with hooper guys like and this is this is why they they redid the conklin deal the money's not guaranteed but the cap hit is yeah so if you if you play if you keep hooper and don't restructure him then you're paying him a lot and you know that he's not giving you a lot but if you move on and designated a post June one cut, then you take that money you're, you're guaranteed to have to swallow on the cap, and you spread it over multiple years, mm-hmm. and then that creates room for for now, and which allows you to bring back Najoku. So then you would have Najoku and Bryant. You have the Stephen Carlson who could come back and be third, and you you bring in kids and compete. Yeah, um, I forgot the, about Carlson. The actually. Browns were just middle of the pack last year in two tight end sets, but they continued to blow the field away on three tight end yep. sets. I wonder if that changes. I wonder if they go away from the three tight end look as much. Andrew Barry said something midseason 
when he met with reporters during the season and, and the question was broached to him that exactly what you just said, you guys are in 13 personnel fought. You lapped the field multiple times. Is there, is that a concern at all? And, and Andrew kind of said, yeah, that's a fair question. And we need to look at that. And I just wonder, I mean, they don't have a ton of playmakers at receiver. We just talked about that, but the combination of whatever they do in the draft and free agency at receiver, I wonder if they scale back some of the 13 personnel looks this year. Yeah, they might. Uh, I mean, here's the thing. Stefanski called the plays for one season plus like two games in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And we've had two seasons here in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And they've been very different circumstances at the end of the year. So you're really still – we know what his base offense is. But you're really still into some gray area in is this what he'll absolutely do? Right. Or is this what he felt he had to do? Right. <laughs> right. right. Yep. And we just know that everything went wrong. I mean – the back half of last year, the quarterback was bad. The play calling was bad. The, the personnel issues were before and after COVID were amazing with Conklin going down and Chubb had the injury. We saw how much this offense needs Kareem Hunt, and we only saw him for, what, half the season? We didn't see him even healthy for half the season, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so there is a lot that goes into that. So, you know, the numbers tell us it, – it's like the snap counts. They You look at five, six games, it tells a story. Yeah. But what – What's deeper there, right? I mean, David Njoku's still only going to be 26 this July. Like, he always was a project. Now, it's incredibly rare for a guy to be five years in and still be a project. Still be a project? (laughs) Even in the NBA, it is. Right. Right? But, like, if you let him go, if somebody else is willing to pay him that money, then who who do you have at tight end? Yeah. That can scare anybody, and this is what you want your offense to be, to an extent. Okay, we covered Treader, we covered Hooper, uh, Dearness Johnson. Yeah, I think they find a way to bring him back. I think he either signs a, a deal or they tender him in with the idea of dangle him, dangling him in a trade potentially or bringing him back. I, I, I think a lot of people saw the one game against Denver and were like, oh, somebody will trade for Dearness Johnson. Well, a lot of teams just value running backs. No, <laughs> right? But some team goes through what the Ravens went through. Yep. Maybe. And, and they, you know, they've, they've, Liked Dearness Johnson from his story to the way he blocks, the way he plays special teams, the way he stays ready. I mean, he never carried the ball, and then he went in the Denver game and ran for 150 yards, yep. right? But they really enjoyed that they were paying him nothing yep. to do that, and now it's decision time. And yep. the, the, it that goes from Dearness, who was once the 53rd player on the roster, to the guy you picked number one four years ago, right? Like, circumstances change. It's time. It's time. And are you getting the value? Where can you improve <laughs> at every spot, at any spot? These are hard decisions. I mean, part of the part of some of what I think the outside talk with with Jarvis is Jason. The Browns have just not had good players stick around to get to this point. Yeah, when they've had to cut free age, had to cut veterans, it's been so obvious because they've just been total bust. Yeah. If, when's the last time they had a player like Jarvis who was so important and so productive, and then all of a sudden fell off, and then there was like this gray area of, oh wow, that's a huge cap number. The team can do X and X with this, yep. but. We want it. Like, there's very few. Yep. Very few of those guys. Yep. So, this is the brand new world. And this is it. Like, if the Browns want to be eight and nine again, they can do it rather easily. Yeah. The goal is to win the division, right? The goal is to get back in the playoffs. And I think it's crazy talk to think anybody's going to get fired or they're going to bail on anything. But if they miss the playoffs, this is the reality. And that's why I think he's in such a tough spot when you talk about quarterback and everything else. Like, he didn't, he didn't ask for Baker, he didn't draft Baker, but. That's who he has, and with very few options to really dramatically upgrade it. So now you are 
what what is your level of complicity now if it does go off the rails again this year and it is bad who's to say that they don't sweep everyone out again i don't think that they will no but who's to say i'm putting words in people's mouths here but i truly believe this i've been telling you this since november and i'm gonna say it right now on the air there is no way when they're in the room, five or six or eight of them, that Kevin Stefanski doesn't to some level say, my job is on the line, and I don't want to play with this guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want this guy to, to determine my career. Right. I need fate. For us to do this, I need a better quarterback. Zach, something weird happened in that Pittsburgh game, and I don't know what it is, but that last game at Heinz Field, it looked like Stefanski was sending a message to Baker, and he just let him get annihilated. And I left the stadium that night thinking something really weird just happened here. I thought it was his last game as a Brown. I wrote that. I, I thought that was it. He was done. Something really stranger happened. There was obviously a pretty big disconnection last year between Stefanski and Baker. Maybe it all goes away when Baker's healthy. I have a hard time believing that to be true. But yeah. I, I, something something really strange happened that night. And I, I hope one day to know the rest of the story. I don't have it yet. But that was odd. Just being in that stadium that night was very odd. I agree. Um, it, it wasn't just then, but that's probably the prime example of what are they doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, what is the intent of this offense? And, like, I understand throwing early in games. You know you're going to get some certain reads from the defense. You're going to throw some open spot. Your quarterback clearly needed the confidence of completing some short passes and yeah. getting things going. But, man, the way they would abandon the run. And the way that he would sit back there, and you knew the result was not going to be positive. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And the four interceptions sunk him in Green Bay, despite running for two hundred some yards. I mean, it could have easily been six or seven interceptions yep. too. Yep. Uh, okay, let's keep going. Jadavian Clowney. To me, it's always been a near lock. Um, to listen to other people that know stuff and to wonder why it's not done gives me hesitation here. I mean, there is nobody else. There is no third defensive end. <laughs> there is no young. They didn't draft. They It appears they drafted really well last year. They didn't draft any young pass rushers. They signed Tag McKinley, who wasn't young and was on a one-year deal. He's hurt. Um, I think you got to have him. Uh, I can't imagine an offseason plan that includes bringing back Baker and Mayfield and David Njoku and not bringing back Jadavian Clowney and telling me you got better. What are the odds that Clowney doesn't want to come back and he's looking for a better option? He didn't want to come here two years ago. When the Browns wanted to come here, he didn't. And last year, he basically had no other options. Had a pretty fairly decent year last year. So what are the odds that he's just sitting back and saying, I didn't want to be here in the first place. I don't want to go back. Let's wait and see what else is out there. Well, I asked him once, um, you know, four and four is pretty rare. You, and he said, he goes, yeah, every time you move somewhere, it's hard to find DoorDash. It's hard to find good food on DoorDash. <laughs> so then he was speaking my language. Right? <laughs> but... Um, he, he, we didn't hear from him for like months, and then he did like five interviews in the last three weeks of the season, and he was pretty clear. I like it here. I like this defense. We can be pretty good. Yeah, but they all say that. But yeah, I mean, he listen. He hit, the health was his thing, and he missed one game because of health, and it was in October. Yeah, and I think all sides were on. Let's do this precautionary because we we need him. We yeah. want him, and he finished really strongly. So he's been very clear. I'm going to get the most money, and. I don't know. You know, there's always going to be and been a buyer beware with him. Yeah. Uh, I think the reason this Oregon defensive end, Kayvon Thibodeau, is not going to go number one in the draft is people see him as clowning. He picks and chooses his spots, but he's got all the ability in the world. Yeah. You would think the Browns know. Maybe there's some concern that they saw the best of Clowney last year and weren't able to maximize it. 
that to me would be the only explanation for not bringing the guy back. I mean, you have Miles Garrett. They're such an imposing and rare tandem. Yeah. I, I mean, I just don't know what the better option would be. Chandler Jones is going to get a mega deal in free agency. He's in his 30s. Would you go multiple years on Clowney? Yeah, I mean, again, this is this is the complication. I probably would based off of last year. I mean, and he holds the leverage. So, yeah, I think he's back. I think he needs to be back. But I, I definitely would have told you that 90% two weeks ago, and I'm not sure now. We talked about this before, but I'm st- I'm just surprised that nothing has been done yet with Denzel Ward. And Andrew was t- asked about him yesterday. Of course, he didn't say anything. Um, number one, it's I don't know that I have a comment for this. It's just an observation that the two most high-profile picks of John Dorsey's tenure here both remain unsigned going into the fifth year of uh, Baker and Denzel. That's It's just an observation. I just find that curious. And secondly, he had a great year last year. Yeah. And and obviously the Browns are just fine handing out midseason extensions, which we saw uh, with the guards. So does something get done? And what's that? What's that going to be? Yeah, my read on it is that it's going to be such a big contract that they're just waiting. They want to know the cut, the cap's going to go up next year, but they want to know who their quarterback's going to be and what it's going to cost. They want to know what they had to pay to Clowney Njoku or not pay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, based on how they did Miles and Chubb, those were true extensions. They, those guys pretty much finished their rookie contracts before those balloon payments went. Yep. And so if you do that with Ward this year, he plays, it costs you 13, which is already on your books and accounted into everything. And then next year, when the cap goes up, then it starts to take off. So I, to me, it's just because the way he played, it's, it's a no brainer. He had a marvelous year. Yes. And put a lot of the injury concerns. Well, I shouldn't say put him to rest because he's always going to, like we've said before, he's always going to miss three games probably every year. Right. And you sign up for that every time. Yeah. I mean, the guy goes down in, in a game in October and people are like, this is, he's a bum. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I've been wrong a time or two before, not three. <laughs> but like, quit telling me Denzel Ward is injury prone. Denzel Ward is a Pro Bowl top six corner in this league who's missed two to four games every year. Yeah. You know, and, and even the first year, it was concussions. He hasn't had one since. Right. So yeah. that's an important point to point out. Look, yeah. look the, the Rams, who don't even bring their guys to the preseason and who didn't even pick up Von Miller and Odell until November. Like, they should put all the shit to rest. All, listen, Cleveland, all this OTA talk, all this Miles and Denzel are wrapped in bubble rapid training camp and, Landry, and Miles is playing with his dog on field three. Who cares? Let them. Yeah. That shit means nothing. Yeah. When are we going to learn this? Yeah. You mean less fuck them picks need? Is that who you're talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, have your guys when it counts, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, I can understand a year ago hesitation with Denzel. Uh, Denzel does not turn 25 until this draft, the week of this draft. He is an ascending player who has played in over 80% of the games. And now, for his first time playing, or only a second time playing the same scheme for two years, just played his best ball as part of a, the best defense you've seen here in decades. Yeah. Like, it's, it's going to get done. Uh, are there any other players we're missing? I mean, Anthony Walker, Ronnie Harrison, those right, guys who, right. you know, I think it can go either way. I think I think they would like to have Walker back, but they're not going to pay him five. Right. You're going to let him test. I, and, I, and with Harrison, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, is Grant Delpit ever going to be healthy or ever be an impact player? He's off to a slow start, and injuries are a big part of that. You know, 
now that you've had him in the building for two years, is he going to take off and you don't need to pay Ronnie Harrison? I don't know. I mean, Harrison was, I think he's a, a good player. Um, he's been involved in some high level dumbassery. The yes, Kansas City game. <laughs> yes, he has. <laughs> and, um, you know, some things like that. So, so I don't know. Um, I would guess yes, Walker and no Harrison, but I don't have conviction on either of those. Which brings us to you don't have a kicker, punter, or punt returner. I was just going to ask you about that because you asked Barry yesterday if he's opposed to drafting a kicker or punter, and he said no. Obviously, I don't think they're going to take both, but do they draft one or the other in this Yeah, draft? they do. They do. Um, in my first mock draft, I had him taking a punter, and, and I will have him taking at least one in this. The Bengals drafted that kid around pick 150 last year. Um, that's going to boost this year's class. Yeah, so yeah. the one kid, York, from LSU is probably the best kicker. Uh, he's a native Texan, so he's n- he's never been in the weather. The other kid is from Cleveland, the Oklahoma kicker, Gabe Burkich. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess I shouldn't say they're not going to draft both. Who's to say that they don't j- take both a punter and a kicker? Yeah. Both positions clearly need up. Well, listen, Jason, a year ago, right, you'd have looked at this team. And you would have said, okay, we don't know what's going to happen with Odell. And we don't know if this Anthony Schwartz pick is ever going to amount to anything. Mm-hmm. But you would have thought, okay, this, the Browns are going to draft pass rushers in a center and another developmental wide receiver, and they're going to go on their way. <laughs> right? Yeah. Now they have no wide receivers. Yeah. They have no quarterback. They have no kicker, punter, punter, returner. And the defensive line has Miles and can have Clowney, but has nothing around or behind those guys. Yeah. Nothing proven anyway. And in at the edge rushers, not even developmental guys. Boy. Uh punt returner. Schwartz? I mean he's never done it. And I don't know. Uh it shouldn't be as hard as it's been for them to find a guy that can catch punts. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. We don't need Dante Hall or Josh Cribbs from two thousand seven. But like Donovan Peoples Jones back there was it's a disaster. a disaster. Yeah, it's a disaster. So, and part of that too, you would have thought, okay, this team could use like this punter from San Diego State is apparently like once in a generation. Mm-hmm. Seattle took the kid from Texas, Michael Dixon, four or five years ago, and he's turned out to be phenomenal and a weapon for them. Like you would have thought a year ago, the Browns are in position to do that. Are they now? I don't know. I think they have to be. They, uh, yeah. Somebody might beat you to him if he's really that good. Yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I, I think it's. Safe to say, the Browns have a good roster. The Browns are closer than than the results of December to two weeks ago would indicate. But there are also some holes and some questions here. And yes. now, I mean, the honeymoon is definitely over. And that's not a personal attack on the head coach or the GM. It's just the reality. Yeah. Right? You hear Quazy say, Andrew Barry's a rock star. Well, go be a rock star. Because if you trot Baker Mayfield out there and you're in third place again, yeah. nobody's going to be calling you a rock star. Yeah. I just – I'm – I'm just concerned about that. I'm concerned that another bad year and they sweep everyone out again. And and I don't know how you can I don't know how you can sit there and definitively say that's not going to happen. You're right. And and that's a valid concern. Um and we've talked about it on and off the air. But more than that, I would say the concern is that you know your quarterback is so limited in such a lightning rod that you are signing up for a season of just discontent and drama just the way last year was and what was last year a disaster and i think we both are in agreement whether it's a free agent i don't know if it's going to be mitch trubisky i know that's the hot name that's been floated i think he's gonna have other opportunities and we talked about this before he could be the starter here by week eight but he may have opportunities to be the starter right away 
And who's to say he wants – I mean, I know he's a Cleveland kid. Who's to say he wants to come in here and deal with this? This is a reality. Almost half the league is looking for a new starting quarterback, and there are realistically like four available, maybe yeah. six, maybe seven. And that, that gets into guys that have been recycled two times over or right. some – I mean, I, I can – I understand your hold up on Jimmy G. I can make a case. I'm not sure what Matt Ryan has left in the tank. I can make a case. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying for the dynamics and for – Knowing that you're not going to stick with this guy anyway, you're better off making a move and taking a slight upgrade or downgrade in talent for the locker room, mm-hmm. for the state of the franchise, for just going out there and saying we're in the market rather than tiptoeing around it now and wondering what it's going to be every week. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's- when Joe Burrow goes downstairs to talk, the entire Bengals organization doesn't have to stop and worry what he's going to put on Twitter or say at the podium. Right. Right, right, or what his mom's going to put on Twitter, or his wife, or he's not married. He's not married. God bless him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think we've said what we can say. Right, yeah. um, we're here. It's good to be back. It feels normal. We'll hear from Stefanski. Very normal. So when there is stuff, we'll have podcasts. We'll have the writing, all that, and you know, starting next week. I think what I think what will happen here is the decision makers will be here through Sunday. There'll be real stuff next week in terms of final decisions on who's getting restructured, who's getting cut, all of that. And then on Monday the 14th at, at noon, it's on. And if, if there's a trade made, and I don't think it's necessarily limited a quarter. I could see this team trading for a wide receiver or a defensive tackle also. You know, that doesn't have to wait. It doesn't get processed till the 16th, but that doesn't have to wait. So if you're this is Wednesday at noon, and if you're listening to this on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I mean, I think we're three to six days from action. Yeah. So we appreciate you guys listening, reading, all that stuff. Thanks for following. And we'll talk to you in three to six to ten days again on Civilized Bark. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic.